What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Jonas. Today we're going to be focusing on progress wrestling. Uh, we've done a few episodes in the past. I think we've reviewed chapter 77 and 78. Uh, this is chapter 79 uh, from the Electric Ballroom in Camden from the 26th of November. They've had a couple of wrestling shows more recently, which I'll be getting to in the coming days and weeks. Uh, but this one, Chapter 79, it's uh, subtitled One Big Neck with Sausage Hands. Don't ask me what that means. Um, to start, the, to start the, uh, the, the event, we get the usual introductions and welcome and banter, of course, from Jim Smallman. And then we go straight into the first match, uh, which is Mark Andrews versus Jordan Devlin. So now this should be a great match between two of the brightest and best wrestling talents in the UK and Ireland right now, with both wrestlers tearing it up across the independent scenes, including on the WWE Network on NXT UK. Uh, despite being the heel in this encounter, Devlin comes out to a great reception from the fans in attendance. Uh, in Chapter 78, we saw Devlin pull off uh, one of the great victories against Chris Ridgway in one of the stiffest matches I've seen in a long time. Andrews has recently been through blistering battles himself against the likes of uh, Eddie Dennis at Hello Wembley and Fabian Eitner on a recent episode of NXT UK. However, Andrews comes off, came off on the losing side on both of these occasions, so we'll be looking to get back to winning ways in this match against the import killer, Jordan Devlin. The match starts with some groundwork, joint manipulation from Devlin, focusing on Andrews' left arm and hand. Some amazing agility from both men, with Devlin getting the first two count of the match after a Uranagi slam followed expertly uh, by expertly applying his surfboard submission. Andrews gains a bit of pace and offence and is finally able to hit a wheelbarrow bulldog for a two count of his own. However, he lands hard on the knees of Devlin from an attempted standard moonsault. At one stage, Andrew was about to land on Devlin from the top rope only to be hit with a, a high kick from Devlin. Uh, Devlin goes up to meet Andrews on the top rope. However, the spirited Welshman wriggles around to nail a fabulous looking reverse runner on Jordan Devlin. Devlin is able to hit his rip called backdrop driver for a two count. Uh, Devlin takes advantage of the situation to finish the match off with his Irish call finisher for the 1-2-3 and the win in just over 11 minutes. This was a very good opener and another impressive showing from Jordan Devlin with Mark Andrews unfortunately coming off on the losing side once again in a very spirited effort. However, Mark Andrews is going to start uh, getting uh, an unwanted reputation of being yesterday's news on the British indie scene uh, unless he starts getting some wins soon. Our second match of the show pits Nina Samuels and Charlie Morgan versus Ginny and Laura Di Matteo. So all four competitors enter into an all-out brawl on the outside of the ring before the bell can even ring. Now, I've not seen too much from Di Matteo and Charlie Morgan. However, if you listen to a recent podcast interview with Flash Morgan Webster, you'll get a full appreciation for Charlie Morgan, her life, her career, her journey in the pro wrestling world. Uh, that is a must-listen-to interview, not to mention uh, that Flash Morgan Webster's podcast is an awesome podcast with interviews with his wrestling friends from around the UK and Ireland independent scene. The action continues on the outside from the opening brawl, and in an early highlight of the opening few minutes, Nina Samuels launches Ginny across the first five rows of chairs at ringside, with Ginny coming to a stop landing face first across uh, a row of chairs. Samuels follows this up with a drop kick from the inside of the ring to the outside, sending Ginny across the floor once again. Ginny is finally, finally able to get some momentum with a series of kicks to Samuels before being able to tag out to Dumitao. Morgan hits a second rope springboard, a back elbow before hitting an even more impressive top rope back sent on onto Laura Dumitao. 
The action is fast and furious as all four competitors battle out, battle each other in the centre of the ring with stiff forearms and kicks. Some good teamwork from Charlie Morgan and Nina Samuels. However, the end of the match comes when Ginny gets a blind tag, allowing her to nail the uh, her touch of couture heel kick for the pinfall on Nina Samuels. This was another impressive fast-paced match, lasting around 10 minutes with all four of the wrestlers in this match pulling off some great moves and all looking strong in the process. We then go to match number three, Drew Parker versus Jimmy Havoc. So Drew Parker um, started a, a little bit of a rivalry with Jimmy Havoc dating back to Hello Wembley. And for the second match in a row, the action starts before any introductions can be made. Havoc launches himself at Drew Parker into the corner of the ring with a blistering attack, including a thunderous Rainmaker clothesline, turning Parker inside out in the centre of the ring. Just as Havoc is standing over Parker with an axe, of all things, in his hand, uh, Spike Trevay dives into the ring, nailing Jimmy with a steel chair. Pastor Bill Evers and Chuck Mambo run to the ring, appearing to make the save for Jimmy Havoc, only to stun the crowd by nailing Havoc with a wicked clothesline flooring him in the process. Uh, we then see a steel chair being launched to the back of Havoc's head from a standing position while he's laying on the ring canvas. The combo of Drew Parker, Chuck Mambo, Spike Revey and Bill Evers take turns in taking shots at Havoc while he is laid out on a bed of steel chairs in the ring. They then set up uh, a chair on each of the limbs of Jimmy Havoc before stomping on the chairs to destroy the King of Hardcore. Parker adds insult to injury with a final stomp to the face of Jimmy Havoc before walking away with Havoc's favourite weapon of choice, his axe. Moving on to the next match of the night, Isla Dawn versus Jordan Grace. Last week, she was the White Witch of NXT UK. This week, she's the White Witch of Progress Wrestling. However, last week, she wasn't going up against Jordan Grace. And this week, however, she is, with Grace making a Progress Wrestling chapter debut all the way from Austin, Texas. You may remember that Grace was the only female competitor in the all-in, over-budget Battle Royal in September and very nearly won the whole thing, only to be eliminated by Bully Ray after she got rid of Brian Cage in a fantastic bit of storytelling in that epic pre-show Battle Royal. Tonight, Grace controls the match from the early stages by holding Dawn in a Japanese stranglehold until Dawn managed to force her way out of the hold before hitting a few strong martial arts kicks, flooring Grace down to the canvas. Grace manages to hit a wicked Michinoka driver from out of nowhere, dumping Dawn onto the back of her head for a close near fall. Dawn follows it up with a backdrop driver and a knee to the face for a two count of her own before hitting a fantastic looking half and a half suplex for another close near fall. This match has started with blistering pace, neither wrestler is letting up on one another. Grace nails Isla Dawn with a driving elbow into the corner, followed by a second rope Vader bomb onto the back of Dawn before applying a bear hug, causing Isla Dawn to eventually tap out to the awesome power of Jordan Grace. This was a very impressive showing from Grace, with her power being too much for the White Witch of Progress, with the match ending by submission in just under 8 minutes. Next we have Trent Seven versus Kyle Fletcher uh, for the Atlas Division Open Challenge. Kyle Fletcher is one half of the Aussie Open, the current Progress Tag Team Champions, and he makes his way to the ring to go up against one half of Moustache Mountain and reigning Atlas Division Champion Trent Seven. This is the first time ever that one half of the Progress Tag Team Champions has gone up against the Atlas Division Champion. Fletcher and Seven get into an exchange of very stiff chops, uh, with Seven coming off the worst in that exchange. Seven hits a DDT to swing momentum his way, which he followed up with uh, a couple of stiff chops of his own to the chest of Fletcher. 
Seth quickly hits a snapdragon suplex, followed by a Michinoku driver for a two count. Fletcher's chest is already red raw as he manages to reverse a figure four leg lock before both men scramble to the ropes for the rope break. While on the ring apron, Seven hits a punishing dragon suplex on, on Fletcher onto the ring apron before hitting a dive through the ropes onto Fletcher on the outside, sending him into the seated fans at ringside. Fletcher is hanging around as he hits a seated drop kick, followed by a top rope somersault sent on onto Seven, still on the outside. Fletcher nails Seven with a Michinoka driver of his own uh, for a close near fall before Trent is somehow able to recover quickly to hit his seven star lariat, but only for a two count. In the move of the match so far, Trent Seven hits a dragon suplex on Fletcher from the top rope, which Carl Fletcher is still able to kick out of, but only just. Trent Seven was quick to apply the figure four leg lock for the second time of the match for the eventual submission win. This match took a few minutes to warm up, but when it did, it got really hot uh, and had some breathtaking sequences from both men with Seven retaining the Atlas Division Championship, but only just against a very popular Carl Fletcher in another outstanding match. Um, I have become an even bigger fan of Carl Fletcher and Aussie Open by the end of this match, and I can't wait to see more. And this has to be the best Atlas Division title defence from Trent Seven since he became champion at Hello Wembley. Today's show is brought to you by Finishing Moves Limited, specialising in the simple, stylish and versatile to help you elevate your everyday. Check out their Instagram at Finishing Moves Limited and find their elevated essentials range at finishingmovelimited.com. Then there was a random moment when Jim Smallman was introducing a fan in the front row who had uh, a T-shirt with Jim Smallman's face on it. Jim asked the fan what what was his name. Uh, The fan said that his name is Jordan. And just then, uh, Jordan Devlin walked by with a pint of beer in his hand, directly past the fan and the ring, when Jim Smallman was talking to the other Jordan, sat at ringside. Very random, very unplanned, very, very funny. Um, Yeah. The Anti-Fun Police were out next, and they have a match against a team called, well, Team Tremendous. The established team of Chief Deputy Dunn and Los Federales Santos Jr. make their way to the ring to a babyface reception, soon to be followed by the team making their progress debut. Uh, Detective Bill Carr and Detective Dan Barry, Team Tremendous. Team Tremendous have been teaming together for well over five years, mostly in CZW in the States, uh, but have made a special trip to progress to go against the anti-fun police. There's plenty of banter with the fans in attendance, but Bill Carr got a huge pop to get the crowd going with a hurricane run on Santos Jr. And a kip up. A pretty good for a £300 plus giant of a man. Chief Dunn gets tagged in, only to receive a huge chop from Carr for his troubles. It's a funny moment when all four wrestlers draw finger guns um, as weapons only for a member of the ring crew to get shot in the chest when one of the finger guns accidentally goes off. All four wrestlers then proceed to hide their finger guns to avoid any blame. Uh, The crowd chant, we saw nothing. Everybody was innocent. Detective Dan Barry nails done with a perfect suplex before hitting Santos with a dive through the ropes to the outside. Santos Jr. makes a swift recovery to hit a dive of his own, this time hitting both Carr and Barry to the floor on the outside. The match does get serious uh, for a bit with a huge boss man type slam from Carr onto Santos before Barry executes a brilliant sent on over the top rope onto both Don and Santos Jr. for another huge pop. This is followed by a running sent on by Dan Carr over the top rope onto the outside showing once again his amazing agility for a man of his size. 
We then see a series of stiff kicks and forearms from both teams before Carr this time there was done with the big boss man slam. Then hoisting Dunn onto his shoulders allowing Dan Barry to hit a somersault blockbuster but could only get a two count. That was a great piece of double team action there. The end of the match comes when Chief Deputy Dunn nails Barry with his version of the 619. He calls it the 999 before the AFP double team finisher and assisted lung blower slash jawbreaker combo for the pinfall victory. This was a fun match with some excellent comedy and some good wrestling to end the match in just under 15 minutes. Then we get Eddie Dennis versus Mark Haskins, accompanied to the ring as always by Vicky Haskins. Plenty of this is Haskins chants from the fans as the bell rings for the start of the match. Although this match was recorded on the 26th of November, the breaking news regarding Mark Haskins is that he has signed a full-time contract with a Ring of Honor uh, from the start of 2019. Last month, I reviewed Chapter 78, where Eddie Dennis had a great match with Speedball Mike Bailey in Manchester, while Haskins had a super stiff match against Progress Champion Walter in the same show. In this match, Haskins gets the upper hand in the early going with a huge dive to the outside onto Dennis, before following up with a second dive, this time over the top rope, nailing Eddie Dennis twice in quick succession. Before seating Dennis... In a front row chair, setting him up with a leg lariat. Uh, once back inside the ring, Dennis counters Haskins' attack with a urinagi for a two count. Dennis soon goes to work on the long-time injured neck of Mark Haskins with a cravat and a throw across the ring using Haskins' injured neck for leverage. Haskins comes back with a series of stiff kicks to the legs and body of Eddie Dennis, uh, but this is short-lived as the Pride of Wales executes a crucifix powerbomb into the turnbuckles and a huge lariat. This match went from 0 to 60 from the start, and so far it's been fairly even with both men having the share of the offence as the match gets to the 10 minutes mark. The match continues on the top rope with Eddie Dennis nailing a pitch-perfect delayed vertical superplex from the top turnbuckle onto Haskins before executing a crucifix buckle bomb and his next stop driver for the closest near fall of the match so far. In any other match against any other opponent, that would have been the end of the match and a win for Eddie Dennis. Uh, not on this occasion, but Haskins has not moved since that uh, final move, the next stop driver. Dennis picks Haskins up to put him away, but Haskins is alert enough to roll through and apply the sharpshooter onto the long legs of Dennis. Dennis is able to grab hold of the bottom rope for the escape. However, Haskins is quick to climb the turnbuckles to hit a double foot stomp. And just as Haskins is about to cover Eddie Dennis, uh, Dennis pulls him over into a crucifix pinning attempt for the pinfall from out of nowhere to the shock of the fans and Mark Haskins himself. As I said before, this match was full on from as soon as the bell rang and a fantastic scalp for Eddie Dennis against the former Progress World Champion Mark Haskins. Then, just as Dennis and Haskins were about to shake hands in the centre of the ring, the group of Bill Evers, Chuck Mambo, Drew Parker and Spike Treevey, who previously attacked Jimmy Havoc early on in the show, dived into the ring to lay in an attack on both Haskins and Dennis. Spike Trevay ripped the barbed wire bat from the hands of Vicky Haskins before heading back uh, with the others back to the locker room. The storyline here is that the group of Evers, Trevay, Mambo and Parker are on a mission to get rid of the so-called Deadwood of Progress Wrestling and they have definitely sent out a clear message during this show.
Then on to the final match, the main event, David Starr versus Travis Banks. So this match was born out of Travis Banks' attack last month at Chapter 78 in Manchester when the Kiwi Buzzsaw made his progress wrestling comeback to attack David Starr and Ilya Dragunov, causing an abrupt end to that match. Like so many other matches tonight, they cannot wait for the introductions or the bell to signal the start of this match as Starr meets Banks on his way to the ring before launching him into the front row seats to a raucous ovation from the fans. Banks waits for no one as he dives into the ring to launch himself at Starr now back on the outside with a 100 mile per hour dive to the ringside. It's great to see David Starr in a singles competition here in the main event. Despite his long tenure as a wrestler on the independent scene, he has been tagging with Jack Sexsmith more recently. He probably wish he was back tagging with Sexsmith tonight, especially after being belly to back suplexed into a couple of chairs set up on the outside by Travis Banks. This is soon followed by a blistering series of knife-edge chops from both men. Both men are matching each other move for move in the early stages of this main event. Both men trade stiff chops, forearms, clotheslines and suplexes with neither man giving an inch until they both collapse to the canvas after taking an awesome amount of punishment from one another. Travis Banks applies a lion clutch which Starr is eventually able to break, power his way out of uh, into a backbreaker onto his opponent. The end of the match comes when Starr appears to have Banks rocking after a number of stiff clotheslines, only to be caught with Banks' signature springboard enziguri, rolling Starr up for the 1-2-3 and the victory in this blistering main event. That was another great match and a fun way to end this impressive show from Progress Wrestling in their hometown of Camden. This was from top to bottom one of the best wrestling shows I've seen in a while, uh, with that being no real surprise coming from a Progress Wrestling show. Every match was fast-paced and exciting, with each one of them telling a great story in the process. Highlights of the night for me, um, out of the many highlights, were the match between uh, Jordan Grace and Isla Dawn, the main event with Travis Banks and David Starr. I really enjoyed the match between Anti-Fumblese and Team Tremendous, mostly for its comedy. However, my favourite match of the night was between Trent Seven and Kyle Fletcher for the Atlas Division Championship, with Fletcher really opening my eyes uh, with him as a singles competitor in that match. But like I said, there were so many highlights and so many good matches. You have to go out your way to subscribe to Demand Progress for only $7.99 per month and watch this show. I'll soon be reviewing Chapter 80, which took place on the 8th of December, with matches between Mark Andrews and Pete Dunne, Paul Robinson versus Chris Ridgway, as well as Trent Seven's Atlas Division Championship Open Challenge. I hope to get that up very soon, so keep listening to Wrestling Majonas for your Progress Wrestling updates. As always, feel free to get in touch. Simply email wrestlingwithjohnners at gmail.com. Uh, you can also get in touch via my Twitter page at withjohnners underscore WWJ or visit my YouTube page. Just simply search Johnners Wrestling. Thanks again for listening and I hope you enjoyed the special episode of uh, Wrestling With Johnners. So take care and see you all soon. Mm-hmm.